Hello and welcome to Are We Nearly There Yet? I'm Professor Andrew Sherry and I'm interested in people's journeys to discover who they are and what they're made to do. We can all learn something from other people's stories, so join me on another adventure. Uh, it was the decision between York and, uh, and Cardiff and uh, I didn't like the building where you would graduate in York. Today I'm talking to Paul Nevitt, who is the Technical Director of the Advanced Fuel Cycle Programme, part of the Government's Nuclear Innovation Programme. Paul lives in Sandbach in Cheshire with his wife and two children. Welcome Paul and thank you for finding time for a chat while you're on paternity leave. Yeah, thank you Andrew. <laughs> yeah, I've just got to uh, excuse myself if I start dozing off after two hours sleep last night. So uh, yeah, no, it's good. Thank you. I'm interested to, to, to kind of have a chat with you and see, well, that's see where we go. See where we go. Well, let's enjoy it. So uh, thanks for sending me your, your CV. I was really interested to see that you'd gone to Cardiff University to do chemistry at undergraduate and postgraduate level. So t tell me about the younger Paul. What, what was he like at school and why did he choose to do chemistry? Yeah, so uh, I grew up in Birmingham, so I'm a Brummie and right. uh, from ultimately I would say working class parents and, and they drove science and technology quite a lot. So, uh, so we, we had a choice of pretty much doing science uh, and, and that was it really in terms of uh, okay. going forward so yeah. uh, they pushed pretty hard I was quite academic loved sport as well right. they played a lot of sport at, at school but ultimately chose to do chemistry as you do um, mm. I, I found it quite easy uh, to be fair I right. enjoyed it mm -hmm. uh, I also enjoyed kind of doing maths and physics but um, I kind of wanted to, to, to do something a bit more practical um okay. in terms of chemistry and and ultimately um my brother went to uh you need to do chemistry and it, that kind of rivalry between your brother or if he right. can do it oh, he was the first in our family to go to university i visited wow. him at university mm -hmm. looked like a brilliant time chemistry looked great you know yeah so it's so i kind of went went that way in terms of choosing to do chemistry the ease of it but also kind of a little bit of peer pressure and, and wanting to, to, <laughs> wanted to, to kind of follow <laughs> wanted to follow in his first steps as well look up oh, to very, him so. very good and what, yeah. why cardiff was that where your brother went or was it so it's interesting isn't it i don't know how you picked the university you went to so but i yes ultimately we we looked at it and we looked at some of the top universities so, so mm. that was the first pick and cardiff he's great for doing chemistry but uh, it was the decision between York and, and Cardiff. Right. And I didn't like the building where you would graduate in York. It was ah. awful. It was really ugly. Really? And yet, if you go to Cardiff, Cardiff is beautiful white brick. Um, yeah. You know, it's a beautiful university to look at. And that image of where I wanted to see myself graduate. So, yeah, there was a basis on it being a great university and, and going to visit it. But it is interesting. I just, yeah. you know, York, again, is great for, for, for chemistry. Nothing wrong with the city, beautiful city, but mm. couldn't imagine myself graduating in, in what was a 1950s, 60s kind of um, looking theatre. So apologies to all those people that did go to, <laughs> did go to York. Very good. And so you did undergraduate and then you did a, a PhD in chemistry. So what did you learn about yourself? Because it's the first time you're away from home. You can sort of be whoever you want to be at university because nobody knows you. But 
by the end of those what, six or seven years, what did you learn about yourself that you hadn't known at school? I guess firstly, uh, interesting, I realised I wasn't as sporty as I thought I was. There was a step <laughs> up in, uh, in level uh, when, mm. when you get a lot of people at uni. And I, uh, yeah. I, 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 the, the other thing, I, I liked mixing with, with different people from different courses as well. So right. I didn't want to just be within sports groups. So mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of went away from sport. Uh, a little bit during my uni, put on around four stone, which is never good. Wow. So, yeah, <laughs> so, uh, so that's a, yeah, not, not a great advert yeah. for, for university in itself. But I had a fab time. And that was, I, I guess that's the biggest point I would, looking back is that I learned to, to mix and get different perspectives. So I had friends who were doing social policy and, and English and, and politics. So yeah. the conversation was different. Uh, and I learned a lot about politics, about from those guys um, that I wouldn't have ordinarily um, mixed with during my, uh, during my kind of school days. Yeah. Um, because you tend to stay in the kind of groups that you've, you, you've kind of been friends with since, since whether it's uh, right. primary school. Uh, so yeah, so that was, I, I guess, biggest influence and continues to influence me now that having a yes. range of views is, is, yes. is so important. Yes. I, I just find, uh, you'll probably find the same in terms of as we're going forward mm. particularly in nuclear now mm. getting the range of views uh, and, and different perspectives is, is, is critical so so yeah it stayed with me going through so it's good yeah i think that that diversity of view really uh, that challenges your own opinion uh, and if you're prepared to be challenged it, it it improves your own perspective as well doesn't it it gives you a better perspective by listening to others and reshaping your thinking based on on other people's views yeah and that's definitely and you know, I, I like I say, I still try to do that today and, yes. and to try and mix up. Even on, I don't know how you manage your social media, but I, I still try to to click on things I wouldn't ordinarily click on, such right. that my timelines are, are are different. I'm getting a different view of the world. So yes. so yeah, I, I, I try to do that. But yeah, no, I had a uh, looking back. University was was just the best time, and and I love Cardiff. I, I'm yeah. really attached to Cardiff. I go back quite a lot. I've still got friends. Mm that live in Cardiff um, and it and it really makes you so um, yes yeah. oh that's great so then um you left Cardiff and you went to Aldermaston you went to work at AWE as a material yeah. scientist in tritium technology particularly on storage yeah. systems you left Cardiff your first day through the gates at Aldermaston what were your first impressions and how did you feel yeah so you're familiar with Aldermaston but, but if people aren't it's the home of uh uh, nuclear deterrent so yeah. it, it's pretty high security luckily i was sponsored during my phd by the awe so right so that wasn't the first day of my actual work wasn't the first day on site so okay but still it, it, it's fairly once you go through the, the fences you realize that you're, you're going into somewhere that's uh, that, that's serious mm-hmm. about security and and the tritium is, is right in the right yeah. in the, the heart of, of, of what you do so in, in terms of that first day yeah you still remember it I, I was quite lucky I think at the time though because Oldermaston were going through a, a big recruitment drive at that time there was was a fair amount of money around in defense I think at mm-hmm. early 2000s and therefore I started with a, a group of people about the same age yes. so and about the same kind of background interests was really I remember sitting in the room on the first day and there was a guy from Birmingham which was great so we had that right. in common yeah. you know uh, there's guys that um just done their PhD just finished so we, we were we were on the same kind of page and it 
we worked in the same facility. The facility had then changed from being mainly senior people and the right. age demographic it was a big change. I think it's similar to happening in NNL in the sector at the moment. Yes. Um, so it was, it was quite good in terms of the graphic in the facility was great. So I'm very comfortable on the first day, um, excited mm-hmm. to, to get to work. I chose to, to go and work at Aldermaston because, you know, I wanted to do nuclear research. I wanted to work right. in, in areas where mm-hmm. everyone can't do nuclear research. And no. that's what attracts me to doing it. And so unique facilities. And so I was, I was excited. Yeah. But as you say, I'd moved from Cardiff with all my friends. Yes. Um, so um, it was a big change. And I, and I lived in Cardiff for the first six months. of So I was commuting to Oldmaster, oh, wow. which, uh, which, was, which was challenging. Uh, mm. So yeah, it's a, it's a hard transition. Those, so work was a, a bit of a, a little bit exciting, but apprehensive in terms of moving. But, but, a, but really, it's a big decision to make to go to Oldmaster. Yes. But that really settled me into kind of the, why my career is gone. That was the yes. big kind of turning point of, do you stay in nuclear research? Yes. Or, or do you move to, I looked at to other roles right. other than research, mm-hmm. but, um, but that drive to, but you want to do, research do that technical state, yeah. side. Yeah. That was it, yeah. And how did you sort of develop over the seven years or so you were at AWA as a person? What were the yeah. areas of, that got stronger? Maybe some areas uh, you thought were good, a bit like your sports, you know, but yeah. perhaps learned as good. What, what, what were those, <laughs> those things you learned? I, I think in, in terms of, six seven years in one place is is a long time and you mm. really you go from being a new person to to you know we set up a new hydrogen lab and we were defining and driving right. uh, you know what the forward strategy would be and and that was where i kind of really attracted to that bigger picture piece so really wanted to to kind of be a specialist but right. also that kind of bigger picture piece of, of where does my part fit into the wider jigsaw yes. and that really evolved into to where i am today i like yes. the love work and i really understood and the relevance of it but i really wanted to see how it fitted into the to the bigger picture yes. and i really enjoyed outcome-based kind of research really okay. applied research yes so yes. knowing that what i was doing was having an impact so i was really you know when we got a question coming down from the engineering section of what's the impact of x or y that mm. was the kind of thing and that that challenge, that pressure. That so I kind you of can really actually on. you can actually see how your work makes a difference. Um, yeah, that's a bit of a definitely. driver for you. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so. yeah, and it's also interesting how what you were saying there about wanting to see the sort of bigger picture as well, because there's this sort of I've noticed this sort of change in perspective that when you sort of start work, you're focused on what you're asked to do yeah. and you want to do it as well as you can. But there comes a point where you sort of start pulling back and, you know, from, from the fine detail to see the context and the wider picture. And you found that particular. Yeah, I will probably talk a bit about my time at Rolls-Royce in a bit, but there's yeah. a guy called Ted Darby that you know, mm. you know really well, I guess. Mm. He's just retired now, but he's a nuclear fellow at Rolls-Royce. Right. He gave me a piece of a advice and we talked about I, I was always convinced I wanted to be a specialist right and he and he reminded me and he said that he said remember that when you look around specialists are actually generalists mm. so you need to have a lot of pieces of the the puzzle to be able to to be able to comment with 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 kind of authority yes. so that really stuck with me as a piece of advice and, and I consider myself now on, on the path to being a uh, a fully qualified generalist rather than, yes. a, rather than a specialist. You know, I want to broaden my horizons to enable me to go back to mm-hmm. kind of 
answer those questions understanding that bigger picture but yeah that evolution was that over those six years of, yes of yeah. being so, that. so then you went to rolls-royce you spent two years there in the nuclear materials and chemistry so what what motivated you to move what what was the attraction of moving from a, a large secure sort of role that you'd had in you know after seven years you'd know people you knew what you were doing to take yeah. a move into rolls-royce another great company and really interesting yeah, work yeah. as well but it's a it's a big thing to move move jobs sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's massive. And, and especially when geographically you're moving your family. It's interesting when you, you do look back and think, what, why did I move? And you just know it's right at, at right. some point. But um, yes. I'd got to six years. Uh, we were designing uh, a really unique bit of kit. Uh, and it was going to be unique. It was going to be the big piece that pushed me on in my career to do better, better research. And then mm. as these things do, and you're, you'll be familiar with the defence sector and funding cycles, it got kicked down the road and it was going to be another five years before that piece of equipment got installed. And that was the point at which uh, I kind of sat back and I, and I questioned and I went, well, I really want to have impact. I really want to do outcome based research. So what do I do now? Do I, do I wait for those five years? Do I look to to kind of fill those five years Mm. or, or do I look to go elsewhere? And coincidentally, I was part of the cycling club at AWE and a couple of those guys had, moved to Rolls-Royce and I still keep in touch with them there's a guy called Andy Perry now as a chief of materials there so Mm -hmm. but they went and they had good feedback and that was then the coincidence as these things do an advert came up at the time I was kind of looking around as they did it seemed like the right thing to do so yeah I applied without telling my wife (laughs) in terms of of, and uh, yeah I, I think that was real kind of um transition in my career as well i i think we used to describe at awe that if you got to seven eight years you, you were definitely going to be a lifer in, okay. in terms of <laughs> awe so, so you um, snuck out the door just before then snuck out the door to, to <laughs> go and join rolls royce yeah so yeah. but uh it was a big move i i took a mm. paper to join to join rolls wow. royce. i thought i needed that kind of move i wanted yes. to push on and and you know how do how do I do that? And the opportunity you take is to might not come up again. I thought so. Um, yeah, so I took right. it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. right. It's interesting when you think about what motivates you to work because often money isn't the prime driver. Yeah, no, you know, not. you you were you were applying into a situation that was going to stretch you, yeah, and was going to give you new opportunities. And despite the moving the family and all all of that sort of challenge. And a pay cut. It, it, it was important to you to develop and, and progress. Yeah, I, I think you, you're right. I think that that I've always kind of been in it for enjoying the work and feeling challenged and and, yeah. and the interest of it. So mm. yeah, I don't think we do this for money, do we, Andrew? I think I think we do it for money. I think I think there's uh, there's certain friends and. And, and other people you know that and, yeah. and lots of money and, and, and I know yeah I know right. deeply but, unsatisfied but they're not as, people they're not as happy are they Andrew? <laughs> definitely they're not, not. <laughs> <laughs> so you were at um, Rolls-Royce for a couple of years and then you came to NNL so it's quite a quick sort of time at, at, at Rolls what what why why NNL was that another sort of move to develop yourself or create new opportunities or I was at Rolls for, for three years and again Mm. Um, I'd got to the point where the opportunity to to, to progress into to kind of more senior roles yes. was was getting 
limited. So there's right. only so many. Again, if you're familiar with Rolls Royce, mm. you know, it's, a, it's an amazing organization, but there are a lot of great people. There's a lot of challenge for, for roles and positions. And, and you have to look at the landscape and go, if one specialist position comes up every five years and there's 10 people waiting for that specialist position, mm. um, it, it, it may not be, uh, be there for you. So, and again, the timing was interesting. So I was on mm-hmm. paternity leave. Okay. A job advert came up for, for materials and chemistry. And again, it was the opportunity to broaden out, to go from a specialist kind of position in corrosion uh, at Rolls-Royce and, and, mm-hmm. and, and water chemistry and the chance to move into the civil sector. Right. So I'd not worked yes. at all mm-hmm. on, on civil, although I moved initially to NNL and worked a lot on the defence programme. There's a chance to move into to civil to, yes. to again broaden my horizons. So mm. this, e- this move was easier because mm-hmm. it was saying to my wife, we're moving closer back to home. She's, she's from Stoke-on-Trent. So we, okay, uh, yes. Oh, well, that's good. The argument was to move closer to home. So, uh, yes. From that perspective, from a personal perspective, that, that was a bit easier. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, ultimately, um, it was because of, again, the, the opportunity. And, uh, and a little bit, I believe in the concept of a national laboratory. Yes. Uh, and I'd done a lot of work through my defence career with the US National Laboratories. Mm. So I spent a lot of time at Los Alamos and Lawrence Livermore through my uh, time at AWE. Mm-hmm. Loved it, loved it, loved working, loved the concept to get the opportunity to, to work in and, and, and probably hopefully evolve to, to transition uh, the NNL future. Mm. It, was a, it was an opportunity in terms of coming. Interesting. Uh, so what were the sort of struggles that you had during you know, your, t- your early time sort of at Rolls-Royce and then at NNL before you moved into the Nuclear Innovation Research Office, what were the things you found hard that you had to grapple with? I think finding things difficult, you know, when, when you look back, I, I guess, I think getting, getting a, mm. a work-life balance, it was really tricky. Um, there was points... That doesn't get any easier, by the way. No, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There were, there were points, that, for example, in Rolls-Royce where, mm. you know, we were supporting keeping boats at sea and, and, and right. kind of you were doing long hours yes. um, and getting the balance between, between that and home life is difficult sometimes. Yes, it is. You know, that's right. but I, I've not really had too many difficulties. I've tended to, mm. if I've got to the point where I've started to find things difficult or like I was saying, if I wasn't having the opportunities to progress, Yes. I'd look to move and to change and to, right. to kind of own my own career a little bit. There's, yes. there's so many opportunities. It, it goes back to something my, my parents said. You know, if you study and you get your good basics, yes. you, you give yourself options. So I feel really lucky to have had options and the ability to change. If I don't like something, I can, I can change. I can, you know, I've got the flexibility to change. So mm. I've not stuck anywhere where I've found things difficult. You know, I, I take control and, and, and try and change that. So, so yeah, I, I think yeah. I, I'm trying to be positive, I guess. I think there's, there's all the ordinary things in, in kind of, of working course. life of, yes. of finding things difficult. You know, yes. bureaucracy drives me crazy, you know. Right. <laughs> you, know <laughs> you know, we'll get onto my the Nairo, but yeah. we stripped it right back in Nairo and right. in terms of the operation. Mm. And it's so refreshing to, to work in, you know, that agile, slick, small team. So, and you can get stuff you know, done. Yeah, yeah getting, getting drawn back by, uh, by some of the bigger organisation kind of mm. churning through things is, is, is it's a challenging. Challenge. But, yeah, but it's, it's, no, it, it is the same everywhere else, isn't it? And how did you find working in, in Naira, which is, which is what you did next for a few years, working really closely with, with Bayes on the Nuclear Innovation mm. Programme, starting to influence strategy and policy, I guess, within government? 
this was the, the kind of big move in my career, yes. I think, in terms yeah. of, uh, it goes back to, to a little bit of advice I got from, I started Rolls-Royce, there was, a, there was a guy, a chief engineer that goes, they get you together when you first join Rolls, and they, mm. they say, uh, and he gave mm. a bit of advice that said, always apply for roles that you, that you want or see yourself doing even if you think you're not there yet. Yes. Because it, it, it signifies the interest, it signifies where you want to go, lets people mm-hmm. know. And the amount of people they said in, in, in Rolls-Royce in particular that d- didn't apply for jobs when they thought they would because they didn't think they were ready was amazing. Really? So, right. so yeah, so when I saw the Nairo kind of chief technologist role, yes. that was a role I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I applied and it was the biggest change in my career so far. Working with government is eye-opening. Yes. The, to understand how intricate government are to decisions about pretty much everything yes. to do with the industry we work in yes. uh, and how it works, how those decisions are made. Mm-hmm. They're not made necessarily how you think they'll be made. It's huge. And, and like I say, the team was great. So I started yes. Nairo. We were four people. And that mm-hmm. was brilliant. The ability to work with people and bite-sized ideas off in a small team with yes. people that are highly motivated, driven, great people. So yeah, it was, it was a brilliant time. And, and at a time of which significant for UK Nuclear because right. first funding for some of this research in a generation, to be part of that when it first got released was, was huge. We, we found Fantastic. a kind of pinching pinch ourselves that we've still got the funding. We've got to work hard to secure the next you know, we've got to keep no. telling people how important it is. So, yeah, um, absolutely. So, but it's been, it's been huge. Yeah, and, and I've been lucky to then be managed by good people as well. So, so Gordon Bryan, yeah. who, you know, real understanding and support in, in development. And then mm. Fiona Raymond, who is just uh, amazing in, from just people person and uh, a love of single malt, which is a place to you as well, isn't it? So <laughs> it's absolutely. Good discussions over, over whiskey with Fiona. <laughs> But it, I joke, in those three years, I got to speak with some amazing people within government and senior people across the industry and really see what the landscape, really hammer home my understanding of the broader landscape and, and development. So I would uh, encourage anyone to, uh, to do a similar thing and work and understand government, how government works. So. Mm. It sounds like, as you sort of talk through your career, it sounds like there, is, there have been a number of people that have given you advice and you've really taken that advice on board. It sounds like you're the sort of person that listens to advice and then at the right time uses it to help shape your, your future and your, your sort of next steps. Is that, is that right? Yeah, if I give a bit of advice myself, if you, if you get to work with great people, just watch them, see how they work. Right. You know, yeah. I've watched you yeah. a lot, Andrew, you know, you see how you Oh work. dear. You're always... <laughs> You're always making diagrams, drawings, to visualise. Gordon's the same thing, pictures, mm. how you pull mm. it together. But yeah, how people work and you, you pull those skills and, and learn off them. And, and, and that's, mm. if you really respect people, just, just watch, just watch yes. and see how they work and, and their impact. So yeah, yeah definitely. That's, that's no, so that's, true. It's yeah, great. Good. So if you, if you look back at, on your career so far, do you think there's anything that you would have done differently given the chance? I'd like to say no, but mm-hmm. I, I think there always is. I think the one big thing for me that, mm. that I've not done and I think I'd still want to do going forward, I've not worked in another country. I, was, I missed out on an opportunity to, to be seconded to Los Alamos and I still look back and, right. uh, and, and, yes. and regret that opportunity. So yeah, that'd be one of the things. Again, it's, it's learning that broader kind of environment and culture. I don't know whether you've worked anywhere kind of abroad or... Or no, the, I had a similar you know, thing. I had a similar thing where I had the opportunity to work in South Africa, but then 
the company I was working for at the time decided that they couldn't lose me. So they gave me a promotion instead. But there's, <laughs> there's plenty of time, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 no, I discussed it. And, uh, and I think, you know, looking forward, you know, nuclear is an international endeavour. It is. And uh, we're going to have to work with whether it's the US, the French, or still yeah. looking out. I'll, I'll look out for uh, opportunities because I think, I think you just grow and learn and, and once you learn with the, and work with other people. So, yeah, oh, I think that's, I think that's, no, that's, that's, that's absolutely right. Is there any sort of one person or perhaps a couple of people that you'd say really influenced your career so far? There are clearly you should say your parents or I'll pop yes. that one and, and, and yeah. they were they're really important. But they but gave you some great advice though about they, they did and they drive. So so yeah. they are and they constantly are and brilliant. And, and I think that, that support network is is important That's and, great. and and you see that if people don't have it. So you shouldn't <laughs> underestimate it. So no. But yeah, there are a few. Um, when I look back at my PhD supervisor from AWE, a guy called <laughs> Paul Russell, is a one of the few plutonium experts in the UK and his passion and drive and underpinning in terms of that need for, for research and then yeah. i've named a few people going through but when i look back I, I spent six months working with nairab with dame sue ian yes but she's 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 a force of nature and, uh, and that influence in terms of influencing um others and i've never seen someone kind of chair a meeting quite like quite like dame sue no. so with that respect so yeah. so that influence in that six months in terms of when someone is retired but still has that passion still has the respect across the yeah. sector um, fantastic it's just just amazing and then one very kind of where i am now in terms of influence you know dave mckay you know yes. past book, yeah you know his book um i think should be on the, the kind of curriculum you know sustainable energy yes you know, the hot air yes it's on the bookshelf think, over there yeah i've got a copy here mm. uh, and that influence on the way i think at the moment numbers not adjectives i like yeah. that that's yep. uh, that, that's brilliant very let's get the facts straight and then if the ethical decisions they they happen that's fine but yes. let's let's have a plan that adds up and that that book yeah. and, and i just you know if i look back and go if i had a chance to work for one person mm-hmm. you know, i think i do stop sometimes and think where would we be if he was still chief scientific advisor at the moment at base, you know, yes, that's right impact during deck time i don't know whether you had much to do with david yes a little bit when when we were starting off with the john beddington work on on nuclear strategy and uh, and so on and of course he sort of linked us in with the french developments you know on some of the test reactor work um but yeah very very wise very down to earth very clear there's still some good TED talks actually that you can watch. Yeah, of course he's no. No, sadly no longer with us. But um, no, and it's amazing. You know, he spent mm-hmm. ten thousand pounds of his own money to to, mm-hmm. to produce the book and yes. makes it all available. I just think yeah, it's brilliant. It's, yeah, it's all available. It's available to use. And he, I, yeah, so, Free to so download. That, yeah, so that that influence. Once I, I'd read that book, that at the moment where I am and what we're doing around the future of nuclear and the role. We need to we need a plan that adds up and we need that underpinning and and i think that 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 that's really it's where i am and, and i think it's important that nuclear understands its role in the broader energy system and Indeed. the more people that, that we know that in this sector that understand the energy system i think uh, mm. we can talk and articulate much better to a wider audience so i think that's important it is and it goes back to something you said at the start around lots of different views and lots of dis- different opinions yeah. and diversity of thought to challenge your own and 
And, um, you know, some of the cross-sector work we've done, bringing in some of those people from the offshore renewables, the battery storage yeah. people, the oil and gas, and, uh, and they've all got a perspective. But one of the things that they say is it is a system and we yep. have to understand it's a system together, not just our yep. part of it. And that's, you know, something we need to think about in nuclear. So thinking back to the young Paul just about to go off from Birmingham to Cardiff University, who was would listen to advice from people <laughs> what would be your advice to him i think i would stick to the piece of advice yeah i've been given i, I think a, a key one that i've been given is do things that you find find easy you know mm-hmm. uh, it's a it's a strange thing and you have to think about it a little bit but mm-hmm. if you're constantly struggling within a role and what you're doing it's probably not the right role if you're not enjoying yeah. it so do things you enjoy i, I definitely do that and then on a kind of lighter side, coffee won't get you through. I've had to cut back that. <laughs> Is that and where the I, malt whiskey comes in? <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah, coffee won't get you through. And make time to, to, to kind of get away from things. So, so running and cycling, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. get away from me. Uh, you have to have that ability to, to switch off. So, so that would be the, the kind of thing. Brilliant. Uh, my advice. Brilliant. Look, thanks for all of those thoughts, Paul. It's been really interesting and some really good advice. Yeah, wish yeah. you all the best. So thanks very much. Thanks, Andrew. That's brilliant. Thank you.